Amen. I appreciate all of you coming today. It's as cold as it is. Amen. Preacher appreciates it. I want to tell you something, and, and uh, you know the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And uh, I don't know about you, but you know God meets our needs, and I can remember when she's talking about when we were younger, and we just got here, and we were struggling. Oh, my goodness. The God is faithful. He's a good God. He's a giving God. And uh, this week, I was praying, and I, I, I prefaced what I just said about you have not because you ask not. I said, Father, this week I want a sleeper. Some of you don't know what a sleeper is. Anybody got an idea what a sleeper is? Not something you lay down on. Well, I've been in the antique business on the side for years because I said the church hasn't always been our, our financial source, so we've had to do other things to, to, to make money, pay the bills. A sleeper is, is something where you go and you capitalize on somebody else's ignorance. In other words, that person doesn't know what they have, okay? And so we went up uh, to see her... Um, cousin in, in uh, Niobrara, and we went into a store, and it was just nice lady, nice store, but it was all repurposed stuff, you know, where they fix stuff up. The millennials like stuff repurposed. I don't like stuff like that. I want the authentic stuff. And I walked in, and I looked down, and I saw this, this piece, and, and I thought, boy, that's kind of cute. And, I, and it was hers, and I said, where'd you get this? Well, I got it on a sale or whatever, and it was $45, and yeah, I should bring it and show it to you. And on the side of this piece of little piece of furniture, it had old crackled paint. Whoever had it had carved radio on it, and it was an old radio stand, real folk arty. I didn't even try to drew her down. I just paid it and left with a smile on my face. You have not. Because you, at, you don't ask the Father. It's His desire to bless you. You're His child. You're His son and daughter. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Amen? He daily loads His children, His people, with benefits and blessings. But you have to ask. And so I've learned, I ask. And you know, I asked and He answered. And what that did is just give me an opportunity for increase. Yeah, she was blessed. She can't. You got to understand a little town of Niobrara, Nebraska. When's the last time you've been up there? To have a retail, have a store, you don't have people come in. And she was so tickled that she sold something. And I said, "Oh, that's such a great piece. I appreciate it." You know. So she was blessed, and I was blessed. So. Don't be afraid to ask the Father for something. He wants to bless you. He's a good, loving, heavenly Father. He gives seed to the sower. He called, he made Abraham, or he bestowed blessings upon Abraham so that he might be a blessing to others. Amen? So, you're doing yourself a disservice and others by not asking the Father to bless you. Amen? He wants to do that. Look in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1 today. 
We've on a series this year called Discovering Your Spiritual Inheritance in Christ. Discovering Your Spiritual Inheritance in Christ. If I were to ask you, who are you? You'd probably give me your name and where you're from. But I, I'm asking you today, who are you? You are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. Thank you. <laughs> I said, you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. If Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, and you've asked Him into your heart, you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And so, I told you this year, we all of us, all of us need to begin to see ourselves the way our Heavenly Father sees us. Not beat down, depressed, discouraged, poor, amen, just getting by. You have to see yourself as the Father sees you. Amen? He, Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. He made a way for you and I to become sons and daughters of God. Look at um, Ephesians 1. So this year we want to discover and learn our spiritual inheritance. And we want to learn to appreciate and then appropriate our spiritual inheritance in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul in verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bless us with a few spiritual blessings. No, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, 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 that's past tense, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now we could stop and preach on just that one scripture. We're blessed with every spiritual blessing. Heavenly places in Christ. Now look at verse 11. In him or in Christ. Also we have obtained a what? An inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him. Who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So we've been given an inheritance. Now look at verse 17. This is the, I pray this prayer about every day. Let's start with verse 15. It says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may what? Know what is the hope of His calling. Now look, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? So we have an inheritance. We have spiritual riches. But it's our responsibility as believers to discover what that inheritance is and appropriate it. Dr. Hagen says this. He says, Christians have been blessed with an inheritance in Christ. Everything that Jesus Christ bought and paid for at Calvary belongs to the Christians now. Everyone say now. That includes all spiritual blessings in Christ. 
Yet many Christians don't know that all spiritual blessings are already theirs. Instead, by prayer and believing God, they keep trying to get what already belongs to them. Now, I'm going to read that again. You need, are you listening? Many Christians don't know that all spiritual blessings are already theirs. Instead, by prayer and believing God, they keep trying to get what already belongs to them. Christians who are not appropriating what is theirs already by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus are missing out on their full inheritance in Christ. Not only that, but if they keep praying for what already belongs to them, they are not walking by faith. Because they're not believing and appropriating God's provision for them. The Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. You see, in His great grace and wisdom, our Heavenly Father has already given the church everything He knew we would need to make us richly endowed, strong for any battle or conquest against the enemy, and victorious over every circumstance. See? Find books, find somebody that knows more than you do. So we want to gain knowledge. And, and the Bible says, Paul told Timothy to study, to show yourself approved. In other words, we need to study the Bible like a workman. Amen? Then we need to guard your spiritual inheritance. You remember how we, how we guard it? You guard it by renewing your mind to who you are in Christ so you don't forget who you are in Christ. You renew your mind. Then you confess who you are in Christ. All right? Then, let me ask you this. Why should you grow your spiritual inheritance? And let's put it this way. Why, if you got a, a financial windfall, a, a, an inheritance, why would you want to grow it and have more? Because I'm greedy. <laughs> to bless others. Amen? So, basically, you grow your inheritance so you can give it away. You and I need to grow our spiritual inheritance, find out who we are in Christ, walk in it day by day, so we can invest in the next generation. That's important. Now, let's talk about growing our inheritance, growing our spiritual inheritance. This is the most important book you'll ever read. Everyone say it's the Bible. But I've had a few books in 35 years that have, have been a life-changing book for me. And this is one It's called, For God's Sake, Grow Up. It's written by David Ravenhill. His father was a great author, Leonard Ravenhill. And I want to quote, um, he had his father who died, but he'd taken a portion of one of his father's excerpts from one of his books. He says this, this is Leonard Ravenhill, the father. He says, many present-day Christians seem to have experienced three stages, condemnation, salvation, and stagnation. Babyhood is a delightful thing. Perpetual babyhood is deplorable. The perpetual spiritual infant is an embarrassment to God. Now, we're talking about growing up spiritually. God wants us rich in spiritual things. Unless we're grown up in Christ, we will be a liability. 
So unless you and I grow up spiritually, we're a liability to the body of Christ. We're dead weight. Childish and petty, wanting attention all the time and wanting to be amused. For years, a church in the southeast had sent me its bulletin. It's a pathetic thing. No doubt its full program is considered Christian activity. But I shudder when there are weekly classes in ceramics and paintings and skating parties and a host of infantile things that most country clubs would shun. A church like this will never, never be on the devil's danger list. No church group that knows spiritual warfare has wiener roasts or even passion plays. Now, don't throw tomatoes at me here. I'm just telling you, it's the truth. There is a real spiritual warfare. There's warfare right now like never before. We're living in the last of the last of the last days, folks. There is real spiritual warfare. He said, I've said before that we are an arrogant, self-styled bunch of believers. We believe to the point of inconvenience, and then we quit. In other words, if it gets too tough, the preacher starts preaching things that make me uncomfortable, I'll go somewhere else. Will Will they meet me with a cup of coffee and a donut? I'd go there if it was Casey's Donuts. It says, we know by inspiration and by participation that Job was right when he said, man was born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Man is born to choices, decisions, and options. Decide now. Choose you this day. This text in its original framework is familiar to most of us. Joshua had a dramatic confrontation with Israel. They could serve the God their fathers served before the flood or the local gods of the Amorites with whom they were then living, or they could staunchly stand with Joshua who said, as for me and my household, we will what? Serve the Lord. But let's put the emphasis here. Choose this day. I made a choice maybe years ago to follow the Lamb wherever He goes. That's fine, but this day I'm challenged to follow other gods. Vanity may be one of them. Emulation may be another. Laziness could have dominion over me unless I'm living with eternity's values in view. Covetousness is a beguiling God. It calls itself by other names. Usually its mask mask is called success or just plain getting on. Nevertheless, it will steal this day unless I unmask this deceiver. This day will never come again. There's no market where one can buy old days or partly worn out days. They come, they go, for better or for worse. There is a sense in which I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Slave of time I may be, but there never yet was a master who could enslave the spirit. I can be a prison bound yet be free. I can be crippled and yet be a spiritual athlete, overcoming hurdles others fall at. I can choose this day to pray or not to pray, to fast or not to fast, to speak generously or critically to others. This day I can repair some damage to a brother's reputation or further foul it up. Today I can lay at his blessed feet tributes of worship and praise long overdue. Yesterday's choices are gone. Tomorrow's are unborn. This is the day. 
We all need to grow up. And that's what, what this year, we need to grow up spiritually. Would you agree with that? Sure we do. Ephesians 4.14, turn there. You're there anyway, it should be. Ephesians 4.14 says this, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and their cunning craftiness of deceitful spot plotting. Now I'm going to stop there. Let me read the message translation. No prolonged infancies among us, please. Will not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are an easy mark for imposters. God wants us to grow up and to know the whole truth and tell it in love like Christ in everything. God wants us to do what, folks? He wants you and I to grow up spiritually. We're not to remain spiritual toddlers our whole life. Amen? Now, after reading that scripture, I'll ask you a question. See if you can answer it. What danger does a child face according to this scripture? Look at it again. Ephesians 4.14. What? Deceived. A little child, they're just so gullible, aren't they? Aren't they? Amen? Now look at Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Matthew chapter 24, the, the, the title there in my Bible says Jesus predicts the destruction of the temple. And then you look down above verse 3, my Bible says this. It says, the signs of the times and the end of the what? Age. Look at Matthew 24, verse 4. Jesus answered and said to them, what did he say? Take heed that no one deceives you. Look at verse 11. Then many false prophets will rise up and what? Deceive many. What level? Let me ask you this question. What level of maturity will the, be, will the body of Christ be at in these last of the last of the last days? Children. Not mature spiritual adults, but children. Because they're open for what? So why do you and I need to grow more than ever before spiritually? Because there's a danger that we can be deceived. So I'll tell you what, folks. If you've never studied the Bible, now's the year to begin to get the book out, blow the dust off of it, and get your nose in it. This is the year that you need to get to church. And I'm so glad and I'm proud of you sheep that get here because it would have been real easy to stay in bed, pull the blankets over your head, say, I'm not coming out till April. But see, if, if, you're, if you're a spiritual infant, you'll be susceptible to, to the flesh. 
You'll want, what do kids want? Candy, Casey's Donuts. I realize I have a little of the flesh to deal with. That's the standing joke with me. But they're susceptible. And if you're not in the Word, and if you're not renewing your mind to the Bible of who you are in Christ and confessing daily who you are in Christ, even though your brain doesn't grasp it or understand it, if you're not telling yourself you're a son and a daughter of the Most High God, if you and I are not going boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need, then we are in trouble. And I'm telling you, folks, we need to grow spiritually. I need to grow spiritually. The older you get, it's real easy to begin to coast. Oh, you young ones, I'll never coast. I'm old. Just wait. There'll be a day you wake up and you're 65. And it's not, you're not going to feel like you did when you were 25. It's not a year to coast spiritually. It's a year to renew our mind to who we are in Christ. So that's the danger. And I just told you right there, that's the shape the body of Christ is going to be in before Jesus comes. Spiritual babes, because they're open for deception. You don't need to turn there listen to these scriptures. 1 Peter 2 verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So when you're a baby, what do you, what do you drink? Milk. I don't, I don't, milk's all right. It's not one of my favorite things. You need it when you're young. Amen? But you need to go on to hamburger. You need to move on to what? Steak. Look at Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5 and verse 12. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. I'm giving you this year, folks, solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age, or in other words, mature, and have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. See, that's one of the things about growing spiritually and knowing who you are in Christ. You're going to discern good and discern evil. Now, I married a woman... How can I say this? So I don't have to spend the day, rest of the day in the shop. I'm trying to be, give her a compliment. My, my, I, I never forget years and years ago, a prophet spoke over us. And he looked at me and he says, this chick, this is what he said, this chick's got radar. And I thought, Yeah, well, so. In other words, she's able to recognize evil 
and good. She's able to realize and discern spiritually there's something wrong with that individual. Stay clear from that person. And through the years, she would tell me, I don't, that, isn't, that isn't good. I don't like that individual. There's something wrong there. And you know, sometimes I'd listen. When I was younger, I didn't listen at all. Now I'm older and I've learned to listen. And he went on to say, wise is the man who listens to his wife's radar. And I've learned to do that. And in the process, as I've gotten to know God, I've developed my own radar. How many would agree you, can eat, you meet somebody, you like them instantly, or you just don't want to be around them? That's me. I'm, it's black or white. I'm, I'm prophetic in that nature. I, it's, it's like you're able to hone in and discern the heart of somebody. And the more you grow and the more you feed on God's Word, you're going to be able to discern good and evil. You're going to make wise investments or poor investments. Do, yeah, we'd meet antique dealers that were crooked and greedy and we'd just go the other way. I don't... I, I just... I just didn't want anything to do with people like that. I like to be around generous people. Don't you? Good people. Loving people. Love God and love to give. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So are you getting the hint, folks? You and I are supposed to grow up spiritually. In 1 John 2, I'll save you the time, don't look there, but it gives us three stages of growth. Children, young adults, and fathers. When you're a child, you're excited. You get excited easily about things, don't you? Amen? Just go Christmas time. Were kids, kids excited? Sure. So when children, they get excited. When you're a child of God and you're, instant, you're born again, you're excited about the things of God. You want to go to church. You want to get to every speaker, special meeting. Then when you become a young adult, it's no more kid stuff. There's got to be more. There's got to be more meat. Then when you become a spiritual father, you understand the big big picture of things. You were put on the earth for a purpose. There's a plan for your life, and you're supposed to do something and make a contribution to the next generation. The fathers, spiritual fathers, understand the big picture. They desire intimacy with God, and they will have a desire to produce spiritual offspring. So with everything that I've said this morning, let me ask you this question. Ask yourself this. Am I progressing to a new level of spiritual growth? Am I growing spiritually? By faith, I think I am. Well, you're not if you're not in the Word. You're not going to grow spiritually if you're not in the Word more than what you are on a Sunday morning. If you get by week to week, one or two days of reading your Bible, forget it. Pastor, don't talk to me that way. You're awful hard. What? You're a baby then. That's pretty good, thanks. You're a baby. If you're offended by me telling you to get into the Bible and get in the Word every day and grow spiritually, then you're a spiritual babe. 
We're all, everyone here, everyone here is at different levels of their spiritual growth. But we should all have this purpose in mind that we want to grow from where we are. We want to know more at the end of 2019 than we did at the beginning. I'm going to stop there. Do you understand sometimes when I leave and I get in the car and go home and on the way home, I thought, did I, did I make a difference, Lord? Did I make a difference? I know, Father, I spoke your word and it will not return void or empty. But I'll be honest with you, sometimes you folks, it's like you're staring at a casket. This ain't no funeral. I said, this ain't no funeral. You're finding out who you are. And you should leave here with a better attitude. You should leave here with a desire to grow spiritually. You should leave here saying, I've got something to offer and I need to work on helping somebody else grow spiritually. Amen? I realized this cold can freeze your brain. It's called brain freeze. I was going to say it's almost like the walking dead, but no, I didn't think that would be good. Say, I want to grow. Let's put that up. Let's end with this. Let's stand to our feet. I want to see every hand here that knows Jesus as your Lord and Savior and your loves Jesus. Let's make, let's make this confession today. And let's say it like we mean it. Because if you do that, then when I go on my way home, I won't be depressed. I purpose to glean wisdom from others, especially the fivefold ministry gifts and the corporate anointing manifested in my church body. I purpose to study the Word of God like a worker so I might gain the knowledge of God. I purpose to guard my spiritual inheritance by renewing my mind to God's Word and confessing who I am in Christ Jesus. I purpose to grow spiritually so I can be a disciple that bears fruit for the kingdom of God and invests in the next generation. Did you mean that? Okay, so what are you going to do this week? You're going to get more in the Word. You don't need to spend hours and hours, but, you know, spend time every day in the Word. You need to pray. You need to pray in tongues. Daily. You've you got to make an effort. Amen? And I believe you'll do, you'll do that. I'm working on it. You're going to work on it. Amen? And I promise you this. Look at me. I promise you this. It will warm up. Spring will come. You'll smile again. You'll look in the mirror again. You won't be depressed after you look in the mirror. 
You'll be happy. You'll smile because you know better days are coming. And I want to tell you something else. And I say this. I believe this. Your Christian walk is seasonal. You have physical, natural seasons. Fall, winter, amen, spring, summer. There's going to be a breakthrough with some of you financially. Some of you right now, maybe you're just holding on. Like, is it, any, is, is it ever going to, are we ever going to see a financial breakthrough? Well, I want you to know you will. Especially you keep your nose in the book, you keep your heart right, you walk in love. God is going to bless you. I'm expecting it. It's been, right now, it's been kind of a dry financial season, but I'll tell you what, I'm expecting a financial breakthrough. And you need to expect it too. Now let me tell you something else. And when that financial breakthrough comes, you better remember how to bless the kingdom of God. Amen? Now, is there anyone here you need prayer for your physical body? You've been sick and you need prayer for your physical body. That's fine. Amen. So, what's the Bible say? It says we can lay hands on the sick and they will die. See, sometimes I do that just to get your attention. We can lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Sometimes it's instant. Sometimes it's over a period of time. Amen? Either way, you need to believe. Am I a pastor? In fact, you're supposed to call for the, the elders of the church. Amen? And they can anoint with oil. I don't have any oil here with me right now, but I've got hands. And the Bible says, if I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. And so, there's an anointing for that, so you expect that. I'm not going to ask you what's wrong with you. You know what's wrong with you. I want you to believe, from this point forward, you're going to see a change. Now, if you noticed I'm very vocal, kind of in-your-face blunt, that's the way I want you to get this year with what you're believing God for. Don't be mamby-pamby, wishy-washy. Ask, and it'll be given. Seek, and you find. Knock, and the door will be open. Take your place as sons and daughters of God. Now, as I pray for you, then what the best thing you could do is find somebody else that needs prayer. For your for your he, for healing and put your hands on them, Amen. Father, I thank you today. In the name of Jesus Christ, healing is in the name. A rebuke, infirmity, and loose healing. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, healing flow, infirmity, go. I thank you, Father. Healing is 
our covenant right in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke infirmity. I command it to go from this temple of God in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Now, what do you do? You thank him. Amen. You remember the lepers that were healed? As they went, only one came back. But he thanked. He fell at the feet of Jesus and he thanked him. So keep a thankful heart. Amen. Say, I heard the word. It will not return void or empty. Amen. God bless you. You're just...